0: Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Boutosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Colossians chapter 3, if you will. Colossians chapter three Colossians chapter 3. It's a familiar verse especially around here, I love what this verse represents. It says in verse 1, if then you were raised with Christ. Everyone say raised with Christ. Let's do that one more time, raised with Christ. We're raised with Christ, then we seek those things which are above where Christ is. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Starting off right here in verse 1, we're identifying that the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, for most believers is an event that they recall what God did with Jesus. But what we're missing in not fully understanding what this day is all about and what the resurrection of Jesus is truly all about is very rarely do we as believers apply that resurrection principle to us. To us. How does the resurrection apply to me? Being raised with Christ is an element that Not a lot of believers, and you're not hearing much of it in church, but we need to hear more of it. Because the resurrection wasn't just something that happened to Jesus, it was something that happened through Jesus. I'll say that again. The resurrection wasn't just something that happened to Jesus. The resurrection is something that happened through Jesus. And he meant that that resurrection, he intended that that resurrection power and the resurrection process and the resurrection perspective, if you will, would be translated all the way down to you. I have to ask this question then, what does my, lo- what, what does my life look like if I am raised with Christ? If I'm raised with Christ. What does my life look like? Well, I believe it's found in the next verse. I believe that what our life looks like is based upon how we look at life. I'll say that again. I believe that our life looks like how we look at life. The very next verse says, to set your mind On things above, not on things on the earth. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Verse 3 says, for you died. For you died. Everyone say, I died. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That means he gave you that resurrection life. To obtain, to walk in, to live in, to dwell in, to experience on a daily basis. So this tells me this. The resurrection was never meant to be an event. It was intended to be a perspective. I said the resurrection was never meant to be an event I know we celebrate it. We call it Easter. We call it Resurrection Sunday. And then, you know, we've done all the, uh, uh, you know, Americanizing of it and, and all these kind of things. This is our annual reminder that your king is alive. This is your annual reminder that your God reigns. This is an annual reminder that he's not in the grave. They could not kill him. They could not defeat him. They could not destroy him. But he whipped, stripped, beat the enemy, took all his power away. And now you and I get to walk in that. But I have been raised to life with Christ. I've been raised with Christ. And the first thing he addresses is what you set your mind on. He says, when you understand the resurrection fully, when you truly understand what it means to be raised to life with Christ, if then you were raised with Christ, he says the first thing you'll address is your thinking and your perspective, how you see things. See, Jesus was constantly doing this when he was on the planet. Jesus was constantly trying to help people see things differently. I think a lot of times we work harder at trying to see something different than trying to see something differently. I think sometimes we put more effort and more work and more resource into seeing something different rather than seeing something differently. Jesus was looking at the same obstacles, the same opponents, the same challenges as the disciples were. The disciples didn't click in. The disciples didn't lock in to what Jesus' ministry was all about because they refused to see something differently. They were more interested in seeing something different. This is why in Matthew chapter sixteen, after he asks the disciples, "Who do you say that I am?" and Peter boldly speaks by the power of the Holy Spirit, by revelation of the Father, and he says, "You are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God." And then Jesus responds and says, "You didn't get that from man. You didn't get that on natural knowledge or inclination. My Father has revealed that to you." And then three verses later, Jesus is giving his account of, "I'm going to be handed over. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be beaten." I'm going to be uh, put to death, but I'm going to rise again on the third day. And rather than Peter locking in and saying, oh man, I've never seen it that way. He rebukes Jesus to his face and says, may it never be, literally stands in the way of the plan of God. See, when we refuse to see something differently, and we're working to try to see something different, We are standing in the way of the plan of God. You know, we, if you think about this, between Peter and Judas, which one helped to accomplish the mission of God? And which one stood in the way? Which one stood as an obstacle? In fact, that's exactly what, what Jesus said. He said, Get thee behind me, Satan. He wasn't calling in the devil. The word Satan means oppressor. The the word Satan means adversary. The word Satan means opponent. That's literally what that means. He's saying, you are challenging not just me, but the plan of God. Get thee behind me, Satan, for you do not have your things, your mind, set on the things of God, but the things of man. How I treat resurrection and how I treat the resurrection of Jesus Christ has a lot to do with how much of the resurrection I experience in my life. If I treat it as an annual event, as I treat it as a day, as I treat it as something that happened 2,000 years ago, if I treat it as something that's only applied to Jesus, but then I never apply the resurrection life to me and to who I am and who he's called me to be, I'm missing it. He says that I have to... Set my mind where? On things above. Where did Peter get in the way? When he set his mind on things below. When he set his mind on man's interests. When he set his mind on what benefits me. Jesus said, we're not here. I'm not trying to get you to see something different. I'm trying to help you see what is happening and what is taking place differently than how you've ever seen it before. I'm here to change your perspective. If we read this in the message translation, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 in the message. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. He says, pursue the things over which Christ presides. I love that. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground. Absorb with the things right in front of you. He says, look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. Here it is. See things from his perspective. His perspective. That's what Jesus wants to do. When you live a resurrected life, you live a perspective-altering life. He wants to change how you see it. He wants to change how you see it. One of the reasons why the disciples moved, were moved to fear after Jesus was crucified, and so much so that they were boarded up and hiding out in a house out of town, that Jesus eventually just had to walk right through the door, right? He didn't even use the door. He walked right through it and said, Peace be to you. The reasons why they were hiding out was because they had the wrong perspective. It wasn't that they needed a different circumstance. They just needed to see what they were in differently, not see something different. I mean, we even read in Acts chapter 1 that Jesus, right before he ascends, is having a conversation with the disciples, and they ask him this question, when, when? When are you going to restore the kingdom? Well, is this the time you're restoring the kingdom back to Israel? Is this, that, is this that event we're looking for? And Jesus says, it's not for you to know times. It's not for you to see a, see a different what. It's, for, it's a time for you to see it differently. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he's going to help you see it differently. By the way, that's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells within you, helping you now see things the way God sees them. The resurrection is all about perspective. This day is all about perspective. 1 Timothy chapter 1. What perspective is that? What perspective is that? What perspective are we looking for? 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. The Bible tells us that God reigns as a king. The Bible tells us that God reigns as a king. You know, in most forms of government, the people give up their life for the leader. In God's kingdom, the king gave his life for the people, he does it differently. Just in that very act alone of the crucifixion and the burial and the resurrection and all those steps and how this played out, he did it so differently the disciples couldn't even wrap their head around it. They couldn't even wrap their brain around the plan of God. What is he up to? What is he doing? Why is he handing himself over? Uh, uh, How many times has he talked about the, the might and the power of God? And then Jesus even himself, you know... I could bring down a legion of angels and destroy all of you right now. What is he up to? What's he doing? Well, God reigns as a king. And the perspective you and I have to get is a king's perspective. A king's perspective. Kings see it differently. Kings see the same problem, but with a different lens. Kings see the same situations but with a different solution than what you and I. And he's saying, you've got to get a king's perspective. To the king, immortal, invisible. In Ephesians chapter 2, in Ephesians chapter 2, you, get a, you have to get a king's perspective. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. Here's what it says. And you. Everyone say, and you. Look at your neighbor, say, and you. Look at the other neighbor, say, and you. And apologize for not picking them first. You're the second choice. And you he made alive, it says, who were dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. What does that mean? That means you once had a different perspective. You once saw things differently. You once had a lens. You once had, had the, the sight that said, what does this benefit to me? What does this gain to me? What is in it for me? That was how we thought before. That was how we lived before. That's how we were uh, processing before. That was the perspective we had. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. That was the perspective we used to have. But now verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. Everyone say it together. Together. One more time. Made us alive. With Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up, say it, together. One more time, raised us up and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus, The resurrection is not just something God did for Jesus. God did to Jesus. It's what God did through Jesus. And you were on the other end. I said you were on the other end. You were on the end that received the resurrection power, the resurrection perspective, the resurrection life, the resurrection increase. No, this is not a day. This is not an event. This is not a moment. This is not just something that we we once a year bring ourselves into remembrance of. We are walking in resurrection power day in and day out. And there's a church being raised up in these last days that knows who they are in Christ, knows that they are seated with him. In heavenly places, knows that they rule in reign over whatever Jesus rules in reigns over. As a people is being raised up in these last days that are not going to back down to what Jesus wouldn't back down to. Bible tells us that when we are seated with Him in heavenly places, all things are under our feet. All things are under your feet. Resurrection power. Resurrection perspective is a way of walking through life knowing we rule and reign over anything the enemy would try to bring to us. It's not about what Jesus went through. It's about what he brought through himself and made accessible to you. Reading in Ephesians chapter 2, reading it out of the, the Passion Translation, I want to start with verse 4. Verse 4 in the Passion reads, But God still loved us with such a great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. And even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, He united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by His wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the Exalted One, and we ascended with Him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Uh, You ought to, man, get your head around that. You are co-seated. Just start declaring it over your life. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to me. Everything Jesus has, I have. Everything that, that, that uh, is made available to him has been made available. If it's under his feet, it's under my feet. Just start declaring that over your life. You are co-seated as one. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite wrenches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. How many times does Paul use in him, in Christ, in whom? Why? Because everything you have access to comes through the resurrection of Jesus. My pastors always joke, maybe one day he'll get serious about it and actually do it. But he says, you know, we're always wearing crosses around our necks. I'm going to get a, 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 a an empty grave or a tomb or, 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 you know, a tombstone or something and put it... It's signifying that the power you and I walk in is not just in the cross, but it's in the resurrection. I'm thankful for the cross, but I'm not stopping at the cross. he, He said, I'm not done yet. It is finished, but it's not over. We're just getting started. The cross was a starting point, not a finish line. And the resurrection is how you access all that Jesus made available in him. The Amplified reads it this way, starting with verse 4. But God, being so very rich in mercy because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us, even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins, he made us spiritually alive together with Christ. For by his grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. And he raised us up together with him when we believed, And seated us with him in the heavenly places. When are you seated with Christ? Is this something we're waiting for when we get to heaven? No. Is this one day in the by and by? I just have to endure this this horrible earth and this horrible experience down here? Just trying to do as as well and as good as I can? No. No. Heaven's available to you now. You're seated with Christ now. You're raised together with him now. You're made alive with him now, right now, when you believed. He says, when you believe, that's when you have access to the resurrection life. He says, and he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in the heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. And he did this so that in the ages to come, he might clearly show the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus by providing for our redemption. This is the king's perspective. This is the king's perspective. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. And I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Paul's writing and he says, But make Jesus, the anointed one, your focus in life and ministry. For he came to the earth as the descendant of David and rose from the dead, according to the revelation of the gospel that God has given me. This is the reason I am being persecuted and imprisoned by evildoers, enduring the suffering of these chains. But the word of God can never be changed. He says, even in moments that are are, uh, opposing to me, conflicting with me, contrary, even in situations and challenges where I might physically be bound, He says, I'm experiencing the greatest freedom I've ever had. I endure all these hardships for the benefit of the chosen ones in Christ so that they may also discover the overcoming life that is in who? Jesus Christ. And experience a glory that lasts forever. You can trust these words. If we were joined with him in his death, then we are joined with him. In his life. You cannot resurrect what has not first died. You cannot resurrect what has not first died. He says if you're joined with him in death. You'll be joined with him in life. If we are joined with him in his sufferings. Then we will reign together with him in his triumph. But if we disregard him, then he will also disregard us. The New King James reads, verse 11, This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. Y'all know Romans chapter 5, verse 17 says that because of the great mercy Unsurpassing grace, because of the gift of righteousness, you and I can reign as kings in this life. Worship team, if you'd come. Reign as kings. Reign as kings. It's a simple message today that the resurrection power of God is not merely an event. If you take anything away from this today, I want you to understand and comprehend that what happened on that day when his body was found in that tomb no more gave you access to a life beyond anything you could dream of. A life of exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. A life where heaven is now made available to you. There's no more waiting around. There's no more hoping and wishing, but by faith you can access God's kingdom. By faith you can access that righteousness. By faith you can access resurrection power. But before you can access resurrection power, you must get a resurrection perspective. Set your minds on things above. Set your minds on things above. Set your minds on things above, not on things on this earth. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaith.austod.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.